As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash M-M-O. This week on Moms Moving On. The mindset is 80, 85% of the game. Like once they have the the mindset in place, then it, it can really be much easier from there. There's nothing prohibiting a spouse from going in and taking a fair amount of money. The problem is in some of these cases, again, you're dealing with low self-esteem, a low sense of self-worth. Well, it's not really my money, but it is, right? Because if you're rearing the children, if you're taking care of the home, you are also making contributions to the marriage. Taking that first step is just getting some education. No one has to know about it and you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the kids to at least explore that and and to gain that information so that you can make an educated decision. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I have a new friend today who I'm really excited for you to meet. He puts out some really great content on social media, so you're gonna have to check him out when we're done. But first, I wanna talk a little bit about him. His name is Bill Farias, and he is the founder of Farias Family Law up in Massachusetts. He's the firm's founder and managing attorney, and his focus is on family law, mainly divorce, custody, and support matters. He chose family law because it provides an opportunity to help people who are at a low point in life. He loves that people come to him in the darkest of times and that he has the chance to not only get them through it, but actually help them turn their circumstances into a positive experience. That's what he aims for in every case, both in terms of the quality and the legal work and the client service. I love that he's here because I've learned so much from his Instagram and Bill, without further ado, say hello to the people. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill. I uh, do divorce work. I'm uh, excited to chat today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here because you're going to help us or you're going to help so many listeners wrap their heads around what are the possibilities? What is the likelihood that you can be a stay at home mom who hasn't worked in years, who has been raising children, but has to get out of her marriage and has no clue what to do with the finances? Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about that. It is a very difficult situation, especially because a lot of these people are sort of financially cornered. And so that can present some uh, challenges. So I'm uh, excited to talk about this. Yeah. And I see that you're, you used to work at the Department of Children and Families in Massachusetts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I've I think there's no better way to make a difference in the world of family law than like really having 
put the time in and the experience and seeing how things affect children from the inside out? Yeah, so I was in the trenches. That is uh, my first job or was my first job after undergrad. And it, it gave me an opportunity to really learn about family dynamics, to learn about uh, the issues that uh, affect families and children. Um, and so for people that don't know, the Department of Children and Families in Massachusetts is a child protective uh, social service agency. And so when there is a uh, complaint, a report of abuse or neglect, the agency steps in, investigates. If there is a reason for concern, they will assign a social worker who will then take whatever action is necessary. Sometimes that involves, unfortunately, removing the child from the situation. But in most cases, it involves working with the family to identify areas of need, plug in services. And so that was a great experience because it introduced me to a, a lot of the issues that are very common in families. It also introduced me to school systems, uh, mental health, um, uh, substance abuse, a lot of the issues that are very common in family law. And so yeah. it is probably the most, one of the most difficult jobs in, in terms of nobody's happy that you're involved, right? The kid is never happy. The, the parents are not happy, uh, but it's necessary. And uh, I took a lot of pride in, in helping families get back on track and do the right thing. Um, and then when I was searching for an area of practice to focus on, uh, family law uh, came to mind. Uh, it was a good fit with my background uh, and I'm still helping families, helping children. And so, yeah, it was a great experience and it taught me a lot. I'm sure. And it's very clear that with this experience and the knowledge that you've gained and, and how so many families are affected, children, particularly by divorce, I'm sure you lead your practice from a, I could tell from a passionate, helpful perspective more than like a let's go fight in court perspective, because there are many lawyers who do that. Yes, there are plenty of those, for sure. <laughs> okay, well, you put out a video on your Instagram that I found really insightful and really helpful because the question I get asked so many times, and it breaks my heart every time, is I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't have money of my own, but I have to get out of this marriage. What do I do first? And I wish that I could like, you know, have like some sort of magic pill to give everybody that would like help them not only deal with the the issues of it emotionally, but financially, physically, all of it all in one fell swoop, because it's probably the most suffocating issue for women. And the reason why so many women end up staying in their unhappy marriages, because they don't think there's any other way. Right. It is, uh, it's very, very difficult and it's unfortunately common. And so I'm just doing my best to provide the information. Um, I think fear of the unknown, as you were alluding to, is what prevents a lot of people from taking the next step. So at the very least, if they have some information about how to go about it, then they're more likely to move toward getting themselves and the kids out of a possibly toxic environment, depending on the circumstances. Right. Well, I do. I have found in my experience that the more toxic the environment, the harder it is to leave. That's true. That is um, the paradox. And so a lot of that is because of 
the um, dependence, uh, a lot of it is uh, induced by psychological, emotional abuse. And so you're right that those people, uh, th those ladies are the ones that often find it more difficult to get out because they're scarred and they're very dependent. They're very dependent and they're probably being told, you're not going to make it on your own without me. If you leave, you'll never see a dollar from me or you're going to have nothing. I'm not going to give you anything. When they don't realize that there are laws put in place to protect them from this, aren't there? Yes, absolutely. Uh, th there are laws uh, to, to protect them. And um, I, I think what's most important is, first of all, they have to dig up the, the courage to go out and meet with someone who can talk to them about how it works and yeah. lay the options out on the table. Um, and it's very difficult to get there for these women for, for the reasons we mentioned. And that's why I think it's so important. And this is why I try to approach divorce and have my firm approach divorce uh, from sort of a holistic uh, perspective. I, I think it requires a lot of self-work at the outset. You need a quality therapist, coach, someone who can talk to uh, these women, empower them, and help them understand that there is a way out. And not only are they going to be okay, they're going to be much better off once they make the move, right? I mean, 99% of these women don't get out and then say, oh, I regret that I did this. So I think that that's super important. And we always, in these situations, encourage people to establish that foundation, find a quality mental health provider, find a quality coach, someone who is going to assist with the mindset, because the mindset is 80, 85% of the game. Like once they have the, the mindset in place, um, then it, it can really be much easier from there. And so we encourage that at the outset. And then we, of course, talk about the, um, the, the finances, which is a, another significant concern. Everything starts with mindset. And when you are stuck in this bad marriage and all you want is out, but it's scary, the unknown world is scary. Sometimes people will say, is the devil I know better than the devil I don't know? And and yes, thank you for advocating for coaches and, and mental health professionals, because we are there for that. As a coach, I am helping women develop a strategy to feel strong enough to go speak to a lawyer and just ask questions. Doesn't mean, you know, I think the idea of talking to, to a lawyer is so scary, but I always say you don't know what you don't know. And at least if you're armed with some knowledge, then you can decide what you want to do down the road. But yeah, a lot of this takes money and therapy and coaching does not come for free, neither do billable hours. So how is a woman who is completely dependent financially on her husband, who shares a joint bank account, who whose name might not be on their house, how does she take that first step? So this can be very difficult and there is no uh, black and white answer to this. In, in some cases, these women have access to a joint account. And that's obviously the, the best case scenario because then they have the option um, I mean, in some cases, they can draw from the joint bank account, have a conversation with their spouse. Hey, this is what's happening. Hopefully the spouse talks to 
a reasonable attorney who doesn't encourage the financially stronger spouse to uh, basically choke out the financially weaker spouse financially. But ideally, this um, a person in this situation can access some funds uh, from a joint account if they believe we try to avoid this because this oftentimes uh, triggers conflict. But if necessary, sometimes we'll have the financially weaker spouse just take a chunk of money from the joint account, not wipe it out, but take some money and transfer it to an individual account, a fair amount, right? What we think a judge would order in those circumstances so that there is some financial security. That's another option. Uh, That's again, a good point. Sorry to cut you up. That's a good point you bring up because women have asked me, am I going to get in trouble if I just take money out and, and use it for myself? And, and now you can speak to that. Yeah. So at least in Massachusetts, um, you have to be careful once the divorce is actually filed because there is essentially a freeze on the assets. And so there are restrictions to what you can do. But usually this decision is made before uh, a divorce filing. And in that case, there's nothing prohibiting a spouse from going in and taking a fair amount of money. Um, and so I think the the problem is in some of these cases, again, you're dealing with low self-esteem, um, a, a low sense of self-worth. Well, it's not really my money, but it is, right? Because if you're rearing the children, if you're taking care of the home, you are also making contributions to the marriage. And you hear that, ladies? That's work. That's work. Don't and, let anybody tell you it's not. That that is work, and and it's recognized by the court as work. Uh, the court does consider non economic uh, contributions, non-financial contributions. And so that that's money that was earned by the family. And so uh, in the majority of cases, that's money that's going to be divided anyway. Um, and so again, option A is if it's not going to be a problem, have a straightforward conversation, tap into that money. If you think it's going to be a problem, maybe you take a chunk for yourself. And then the other option is if... Uh, there is no money, either because it's been wiped out or for other reasons, there's always the option of asking the court for uh, some help. And so that's called fees pendente lite, and it's paperwork that's filed with the court, uh, a motion. And the issue before the judge is whether to allow the financially weaker spouse uh, some amount of money from uh, the marital assets, uh, because the courts want to make sure that uh, the parties are on somewhat equal equal grounds in terms of their ability to rep or their ability to get effective representation and and reliable representation. And so, if you have one party who has essentially no money and the other financially strong, uh, the court does have the discretion to order some fees uh, to be provided to the financially weaker party. And does that stand in every state across the country or this is just in Massachusetts? I, I can't speak for other states. I know that's the case in Massachusetts, but I would imagine there are similar mechanisms in, in other states. Yeah, I can't imagine there's many states that would just say, sorry, too bad, so sad, right? Like there's there's legal aid for those reasons. Right. So in most cases, especially when um, especially when the, the family 
is well off financially and there's money sitting there, then the court does not want one spouse with all the power, all the control, all the money. Um, and so they do have the discretion to order some fees uh, to be provided to the other side. Often there's a credit, right? So at the end, when uh, property is divided and they figure out how the assets are going to be distributed, right? That's money that's going to go into the column of the person getting it. So at the end of the day, many times it's not, well, it was just, you know, your spouse paying your attorney fees. At the end of the day, there's going to be a credit for that on division of property in most cases. But the important thing is that they have the money to hire an attorney who's going to protect their interests. I love that. And you said two keywords to me, power and control. So a lot of women, or I should say a lot of people in relationships who has less money financially than the other partner feels that the more financially secure partner has more power and control. And I'll hear so many times women will come to me and say, he said, if I leave him, I won't get any alimony. How does that work? Can somebody just say, sorry, you can't have alimony? No, they, they right. absolutely, um, well, they can say that. Uh, they can but- say whatever they want, but I, Bill, I like to tell everyone just because somebody says something doesn't make it true. That is that is absolutely true. And again, it goes back to this power and control dynamic and this person um, who is in this position of control uh, doesn't want the other party going into court, doesn't want the other party making an issue of it because they know in many cases they're going to have to pay. Um, and so then th- this goes back to if these women are in this position and they're hearing uh, this language, th- these words like I'm, you know, you're going to get nothing. I'm going to make this more difficult for you. That should be a sign to go out and take that next step and talk to a counselor, talk to a coach, set up a consultation with a reliable attorney so you can talk about your options. And I think, you know, the key, when you were talking about this before, I think the key is a lot of women avoid doing it because they feel like they're committing to getting divorced. And that's not the case. It's a very small step. It Mm -hmm. it is... um, confidential, no one's going to know about it. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is educating yourself. Think so, of it like going for a consultation for Botox. Asking the questions does not put the Botox in your face, ladies. You're just educating yourself. I mean, correct. really. It's scary though. And I and I honor that because I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I spoke to many attorneys for months before I actually pulled the trigger. And every time I felt like a little like dirty, but nothing happened. I was just understanding more about the process. I knew nothing about Florida law. I'm from New York where things are handled very differently. And, and I was just more empowered when the time came. Yeah, that's great. And, and getting back to the, the question you asked about, you know, about, about these women uh, taking that step and how afraid they are because of what their, uh, what the spouse is saying about, um, you know, uh, shutting them down financially or making things more difficult for them. What I would say is if they're hearing those words, if they're hearing that type of language, that should actually be motivation to take action, right? Because this is someone who's probably not going to be reasonable. They're probably not going to be fair. 
-hmm. And so those are red flags. And so if you're hearing that, then you probably should talk to someone sooner rather than later. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. So we know we now have options, even if we haven't gotten our own paychecks in years. What are the things, you know, women are, are great planners, I've found, very strategic. We don't just wake up one day and decide to get divorced. We think things through. We're relying on coaches and therapists to help us think ahead. What are the things a woman needs to take into account if she is planning to be out on her own financially? What should she budget for? How many months should she put away money for? What, are, what, what do you advise? Yeah, so I, I think every, uh, of course, every case is um, different, but generally I think w- what they should do is, you know, the following steps. Number one, again, talk to someone who's going to help you formulate the mindset you need to approach this from a position of strength, power, courage. So so that's number one. Number two, and you notice I'm not saying anything about money yet. Number two, you, you need to make sure that you're okay and that the kids are okay. Like many times kids are going to need some guidance and help going through this. Don't be afraid to get the kids a, a quality um, counselor. It can be very difficult. There's a lot of change going on. So I think you need to focus on those foundational pieces first, and then you're in a better position to address the, the nuts and bolts of how this is going to work and the, the finances. So go, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're speaking my love language, therapy and mindset. I mean, I'm a big, big advocate for child therapy. And I think hearing from an outside party that your kids are going to be okay and we're going to make your kids as adaptable and resilient as we can be is half the battle for so many moms. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important to be proactive because I think the mistake a lot of people make is they wait until the anxiety um, and the uncertainty in children is manifesting in behavioral issues. Yes. you should not be waiting until that happens. You need right. to be proactive. Kids are very good at hiding what they're feeling. They're not going to come out and tell you, this is what I'm afraid of. So I think it's really important to get out ahead of that and to educate the child on what's available, making sure the child understands it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just support. 
and help and I'm doing it too. Um, so we're all going to benefit from it. So I think that that's really number one, because then the, the family is, is overall in a better position to, to face what's ahead. Um, so then once you have that nailed down, I think you need to talk to a reliable family law attorney about how to go about planning. I mean, I think number one, the, uh, the, the low hanging fruit is gather as much financial information as you can, right? Mm -hmm. If you have access to information about um, investment accounts, uh, earnings, uh, because what that's going to do is that's just going to make it easier for the attorney who helps you to size up your situation and, and to come up with a plan. Um, so that stuff, no worries if you can't get your hands on that information, but uh, it can save you money, right? If you can get some statements, if you can get some information, tax returns, that's going to be helpful because it's just going to reduce the amount of discovery that the attorney has to do um, to help you come up with a plan. Yeah. And I think something that's also been very helpful, and I advise with my clients who are preparing to leave is to, uh, you know, we all have to fill out a financial affidavit when we're filing for divorce and to look that up ahead of time and, and almost fill it out as if you were preparing it for your lawyer or for the courts so that you have, you can break down in front of you your finances, what you're going to need, what you actually spend on a day-to-day -day basis, what you really spend every year on, you know, maintaining your car and having a better idea, just like get speaking to a child therapist and knowing your children will be okay and speaking to a lawyer and know you'll legally get through this, having a better idea of what's what's to come financially for you is going to give you peace also. It's all about, like you said, getting the information and then shifting your mindset. Yes, absolutely. So I think that that's part of it, thinking about what you need day to day to take care of yourself, to take care of, of the children. And then the other part of that is getting as much information as you can about your spouse's financial circumstances. What are the earnings? Um, what are the assets? Uh, because th those are the main numbers that the court is going to focus on when deciding what an appropriate support amount looks like. And so once the attorney has that information, then you can work with the attorney to develop a plan on how am I going to, what, what are the next steps? How am I going to make sure that I have the money I need to, to fund this? And do we need an order in place to make sure that I'm going to be okay and that the kids are going to be okay? And just hearing that that's an option is going to be helpful to so many people, Bill. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing so much of this. I mean, this is great. This is such useful information. Information I don't always... I can't always speak to, right? Because I'm not a lawyer and I don't know the laws in every state. But um, if you are in Massachusetts and you're not working with Bill, what are you actually doing? Because you are fantastic and you really know the game inside and out. Um, yeah. So what would any last words of advice be for a mom who is thinking about starting the divorce process, but really concerned about not having the resources she wishes she had? I think the most important a uh, piece of advice I can give is what I already alluded to, which is by taking that first step and talking to someone, you are not committing to doing it. So you may end up coming to the conclusion that, that that's what you need and that's what's best for the family. But remember, you, you taking that first step is just getting some education. No mm -hmm. one has to know about it. 
And uh, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the kids to at least explore that and, and to gain that information so that you can make an educated decision. If you want to, you know, if you, if you have the info and you process this and you decide you want to stay, fine. But you owe it to yourself to at least ask the questions, get the information, and make this decision from a position of power and from a position of knowledge. Knowledge is power. Bill, this is great and so, so, so helpful. Where can people reach out to you if they have more questions about the process? So they can uh, email us at info at fariusfamilylaw.com. Um, they can call our main number, 508-675-0464. And they can also find us on all of the social channels at Farius Family Law. Yeah, I highly recommend this Instagram, guys. I'm going to link everything because, like he said, knowledge is power and you're going to get a lot of knowledge. Even if you don't live in Massachusetts, just about different angles, different things to know, different issues that come up in the divorce process. I find it really helpful and I share pretty frequently. So Bill, thank you for being here. For the rest of you listening, I appreciate you. Love your feedback, love your reviews and hope you'll leave us one. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.